there is an annual Scarecrow Festival in Philadelphia. I'm not coming across That's the one. That, it's a fe- so it's like a fa- it's more of like a family festival, not a not a business conference. I was picturing it like a bunch of serious oh. people with booths. No, I think it's uh, I think it's just a bunch of uh, scarecrows set up and people walking around looking at them. and eating like fair food and cotton yeah. candy and stuff. It's at Peddler's Village. In case anybody wants to stalk you. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Freshly back from the beach, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for your Monday recap edition of the show from Kyle, Texas, Mike Frizzell. Hello, Mike. Hello, Bobby. And up the road in Dallas, Texas, Meredith Mahan. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Bobby. We're going to jump into your week in review after some quick LRB business. Then we'll do some housekeeping and tell you how you can get involved with the show. Starting with a pup date from Meredith. Tell us about Eddie. Okay. Eddie has officially graduated from his level one family manners puppy class. Level one. What What is all taught there? What can we expect from Eddie at this point? Well, theoretically, <laughs> he's learned some impulse control. Uh, he learns how to walk next to us on a leash instead of darting around. Um, he learned how to go to his crate and not come out until we tell him he can come out. So he theoretically can sit there with the door open and just sit there. And this, so this is, is big not for him. A, this is not a level one family matters graduation where he's just learning about Steve Urkel. <laughs> we're saving that for level two. Okay. It's a mature subject. Um, so we're, we're really happy about this. I was, I was a little worried. His last class was yesterday and all, all he wanted to do the whole class. He's usually a really good student, but he's got a, a little buddy in this, in the class. His name is Earl. He's an eight pound terrier puppy. And he is, his name is spelled U R L Earl. Hmm. And, uh, they're, be- <laughs> I get varying reactions on that. <laughs> Because that that's URL. Yeah. It's not really Earl, right? Earl. Yeah. The guy's like a programmer for Amazon or something. Uh so of he all he, he all Eddie wanted to do was was play with Earl yesterday and so I was a little worried he wouldn't pass his uh his final exams. But he did eventually. The thing that he locked in on is they're they're doing a little bit of ladder stuff. So they laid a ladder on the ground and put a little treat between each rung and he had to run the ladder. Um, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he did that. And so they decided he was okay to go on. So next we're doing level two, which is going to be a lot more impulse control where he has to sit in his crate and watch Earl jump through hoops and stuff. So that'll be a big challenge for him. Hmm. And the pre-algebra probably might be a little challenging as well. <laughs> He'll uh, have to come to me for that, not Duff. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend uh, growing up in our neighborhood who was held back in first grade because his mother was nuts and thought that him being a little bit bigger and uh, a little more advanced than his peers would be good for him in the long run. Did you oh, consider no. maybe holding Eddie so that he would be a little bit bigger than no. all the other puppies? You know what? And 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 our vet said the same thing. Don't don't chop off his balls until he's a bit bigger. It'll give him a chance to grow and get stronger. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want a bigger, stronger dog right now. Yeah. I want a small dog that I can pick up and is docile. Please, let's just chop him off now. All right. So congratulations to Eddie. 
There was no graduation ceremony. I'm a little disappointed about that. I right. wanted to see him in a little hat holding a, a scroll between his teeth, but we can Maybe probably pose some, that some up Some cash from your family and stuff. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more news. The Chateau Saint-Michel TBTL picnic is on August 31st, and Thiers, ever organized, has created a Facebook event for that. You can find it probably tied to the Stens page or related to the Stens page somewhere or search for it. Uh, as we get closer, we'll push that information out more as well. But do make sure that you check in there because eventually when Luke and Andrew figure out what sections of the alphabet are going to bring what amount of too much food to the picnic, I'm right. sure that information will be relayed <laughs> through the Facebook event. So if you haven't already gone and let everyone know whether or not you're coming, uh, do it over there at uh, Tier's event for the picnic. Uh, Mike, you have a hashtag Kyle stories for us. Yes. As I've shared on the show before, I am a rideshare driver now for Lyft and Uber. And there is a um, festival every year in the town where I do most of my driving, which is San Marcos, which is just a little bit outside of Kyle. I think I can extend my Kyle stories into San Marcos. Uh, you would think it's M-A-R-C-U-S, but it's C-O-S. But locals just say it like a guy named Sam Marcus but it's spelled San Marcos. <laughs> so um, they have this annual event. I think it's called like White Trash River Days or something. Um, and it's a, it's like an all-day uh, all concert. And, of course, everyone's floating on these rivers all summer because we had so much rain in Texas this year. And it's really the only way to cool off outdoors is to go get in the river. And it attracts a lot of nice people and also attracts a lot of trash from from all over the area, um, I picked up a group of people from uh, there's a place called like Dawn's Float Depot or something like that. And uh, they had been in the river all day and they were uh, drunk and dirty. And I'm driving Emily's car at that time. I drive my car a lot now, too, which, when I think I'm going to be picking up a lot of river trash uh, <laughs> because my car's not as nice as hers. And it's easier to wipe down the, like fake leather seats instead of like the real nice seats that she has. So they're getting into Emily's car and they're not bothering to like towel off the mud off themselves, you know, before they get in the car. And so I'm already kind of pretty mad, but you know, I'm working for tips and I, I'm in a service business, so I'm nice. These folks get in the car, uh, the girl who called me gets in next to me and then three people get in the back, two girls and one guy. And they're arguing, they're having a fight and they're screaming at each other and they're swearing and uh, one of the one of the bones of contention seemed to be that one of the girls in the back seat, when she had been puking earlier, nobody seemed to be concerned about how much she was puking. She was upset about that. So they're arguing about that. They're swearing, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we I'm taking them quite a ways. I'm taking them on like a 40 minute trip back up towards uh, South Austin and the, the arguing just goes on and on, and I sort of like tune it, tune it out, you know, kind of go to a different place or whatever. And the, at, some, at a certain point, like 15, 20 minutes in, they're done with whatever this argument is, or at least they're temporarily done, and it gets quiet in the car for no more than a few seconds. And I was really enjoying it. And the girl next to me goes, uh, can you turn on the radio? And I said, sure, what do you want to listen to? And she says, anything. <laughs> this silence is awkward. And I was thinking, no, this silence is the greatest thing that's happened since you assholes got in the car. Come on now. And so I turn on the radio and it's Livewire. 
And I think just for a second, just for a split second, I'm like, maybe I should tell these folks that that, that guy officiated my wedding. But I would rather <laughs> sit in complete silence with those assholes for like 20 more minutes than like strike up a friendly conversation, which I do a lot, you know. And sure. It's part of the job. But no, I was done with those people. Oh, my God. Uh, I've only had like two or three rides like that. And, you know. It is what it is. It when you get people like that in, in the car, you're hoping that they just need to go like back across the river to you know jump in again. But it's always some long ass ride. <laughs> I can't believe there's people who prefer arguing to silence. I know, I know. She was well. She was pretty drunk. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, that silence was anything but awkward for me. I was like, I was I was hearing angels singing. I didn't hear the silence. <laughs> These people finally shut up. Yeah, so there's your Kyle story for the week. Do you do you want some silence right now? Uh, no, no, I don't think I don't think I need any silence. Just turn on the radio. Our Whatever filter will take it out. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good right. point. <laughs> we could make for awkward pauses, but then they would just get cut out. Yeah, we need one of those in the Uber. <laughs> uh, before we do our week in review, just a couple of notes on upcoming shows. Um, the next Friday episode of Little Red Bandwagon is a rare fifth Friday edition. Um, some of you have probably caught on by now. Sometimes we talk about it, sometimes we don't. But the Fridays actually have a pretty elaborate programming schedule for us now. The first Friday of the month is always Phyllis Fletcher. The second and fourth Fridays are, are generally 10 interviews. Uh, and the third is usually an Anne-curated clip show in her efforts to take over Little Red Bandwagon one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's succeeding. Um, mm-hmm. What we don't have in our editorial calendar is a plan for the fifth Friday. It's always kind of a wild card. And so for this Friday, I've talked to our friend uh, Steve Newman, who you may know as the Stewbot, And I've asked him because of his consistently good music picks in the TBTL newsletter uh, and his tastes being well beyond what one might imagine crosses the transom of the Song of the Summer contest. Uh, to curate for us a little list of summer jams. And he and Meredith and I are going to review that list and take a listen to some of his picks and put together a playlist for everyone. So make sure you listen to this Friday's show for a conversation with Stubot about Stubot taste in music. And uh, we'll also have an accompanying playlist that goes out with that. Uh, and then next week for the recap, because some of us are going to be traveling uh, and some of us are going to be celebrating our nuptials in the case of Christy and Jeremy. Uh, Mike, Anne, and Austin Hillary will be in the guest chair co-hosting next week's recap. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <clears throat> I've invited Hillary, and, and Anne was all on board with it because she was so great on the show that she did with us. And I know uh, just from being friends with her for so many years, she can really bring a lot of fun to the to the action. So. Yeah, I met her at our 2000 uh, Dallas meetup, and she is great. And I'm hoping to meet her next month when uh, I head down Texas Way. More on that in the recap, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that we've said it on the show, Hillary can't back out. So thank you, <laughs> Hillary. We'll look forward to hearing from you next week. Uh, for now, though, let's get the Week in Review started. Mike, why don't you start us with Monday? All right, Monday, 2165. That's a spicy meat bowl. Uh, Luke is home, and Rudy is uh, worried about everyone who gets in the pool. I, I think um, mentioned that Rudy thinks everyone is drowning, so she wants to try to save anyone that's <laughs> flopping around in the pool. So it's pretty by, stressful. By barking at them. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's a really effective <laughs> method. 
Yeah, I we have a dog, a Ginger, who like she really does try to look out for us. She's not very smart and she doesn't really understand a lot of situations. But whenever there's like tension or anyone's like going at anyone, she tries to break it up. And uh, she's all, but she's a swimmer, so I think she. I don't think she would be as worried about everyone. I think she, since she knows how to swim, that's one of the only things she knows how to do. <laughs> she assumes that everybody else knows how to swim. Now our our big dog Molly, she's eleven, and she um, she looks like a black lab, kind of mixed with a horse, and she is terrified of water. So there have been a few instances um, where I'm floating in a lake, and she paces and mm. whines and cries at the shore, like, "What are you doing in there? You're gonna die!" <laughs> but she can't. She's so not. Stupid. A, yeah, she's she she's not scared enough to go in and get me because she mm-hmm. is too afraid of the water. That poor thing. She has a lot I of phobias. Know. I know. She's a darling. Yeah. We don't have a dog uh, or a pool, so I have no nothing to weigh in here. I'm sure Cupcake doesn't like baths. No. Uh, no. I, I, we have not bathed Cupcake once in the years we've owned her. That's so smart. Let, let her take care of that. <laughs> exactly. Um, Luke is cooking chili, I think. Uh, terrible um, sounding chili, by the way. It really did. Um, <laughs> in the yeah. summer? That's not summer food. I love a good yeah. chili, and I'm willing to eat a good chili in the summer, but uh, a chili with no sweetness in it and a chili with no corn in it, uh, yeah. nothing nothing to take off the edge of, I mean, he's just making like a spice slurry with meat in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my recipe, I use brown sugar, and that really does set off yeah. the, the heat of it. It's really good, so he should try that. He discovers how to make cheese crisps, which sound... Delicious to me. I don't know about y'all, but um, I would like to have some of Luke's cheese crisps. Yes, I please. would eat some of anyone's cheese crisps. <laughs> and he he says he has an idea, and he's had this idea for a while. I don't know if he's talked about it on the show. Andrew didn't remember. I didn't quite remember it either. He may have just been something he's talked about with his friends for a a restaurant where it's just the edges of things, like the edge of the lasagna <laughs> or the edge of the whatever that just like the cheesy crispy part of it and he would call it crisp or edge and to me this is this is just like a higher end version of an idea that i had many years ago on takedown podcast um called burndies because like a lot of america likes their food really burned and i thought you know this would appeal to a wide a wide section of people like luke's talking about like little appetizer i'm talking about like burnt steaks and and like Jim Nance burnt toast and, and stuff like that. And Bobby, you made a, a Facebook page. That's for, right. You can Burndies. visit Burndies, which is spelled B-U-R-N-E-D-Y apostrophe S. Burndies on Facebook to learn all about the latest Burndies. Mainly specials. I think that's the thing that gets posted more than anything else to the Burndies page. Um, and do check out the posts to page because... Um, the Burnie's office is perpetually in repair, so it doesn't actually get posted too very often uh, by management. But but patrons and guests tend to post a lot. Yes, there's a there's a lot of action on that Facebook page. It's a lot of fun. And our friend Josh, who uh, was the, sort of the uh, third guy on the Takedown podcast, he did a radio spot for Burnie's, which we will play as an Easter egg at the end of the show, Bobby. Yeah, we'll we'll tack it on to the end. Um, I will just say that like anything that Josh ever did on the air for Takedown Podcast and anything else that was on Takedown Podcast, it is uh, of an adult nature. Um, we mm-hmm. will do our best to um, 
make it appropriate for our audience here at Little Red Bandwagon, but just if you have sensitive ears, uh, when the music fades out after we nailed it, maybe just call it a day. Uh, Josh Opitz is his name, and I I think nobody squeezes more insult humor into a tighter space <laughs> than Josh. So, uh, yeah, enjoy that. It's the only time Josh is going to get a compliment for squeezing something into a tight space. So take it. What's his Twitter um, handle? Uh, I'm not sure. I can look that up before we get to the end of the show. We can dole that out. Yeah, just um, give him some credit to it. Uh, we'll do yeah, it right he, near the end. <laughs> he does jokes on Twitter, and they're they're good jokes. Uh, Luke reviews Wale. I think this movie's been out. Or is it Wale or Wale? Wale I, is I the rapper from DC. Yeah, Wale is, is the cute little Wall-E. cartoon <laughs> robot. Well, but they're spelled the same, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. So you can see where I get confused. I do. Wall-E yeah. gets a review from Luke. This is the movie where I saw it on the plane and cried because I get that emotional um, plane thing going. Uh, but I think he was talking about it in the context of uh, obesity, like American obesity or something like that. Am I remembering this right? Yeah, like because his... he watched Wally and then he also watched some sort of documentary on Netflix about obesity that right. that was talking about how fat kids turn into fat adults. Which was a real it... shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And I kept thinking, wow, it's almost as if weight is genetically determined. Yeah, just a <laughs> blinding glimpse of the obvious. Um, I, but the the movie, I guess, I didn't remember that it was set 700 years in the future. But, I mean, the future, the, that 700-year future is really now. If you've ever been to the Dallas airport. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I saw an ad for um, some, uh, like, you know how people they pull their luggage on the little wheels and now they have luggage that you can ride i was just thinking about that yep um just imagine how when a a big guy gets on his suitcase how that's going to look like you know those two (laughs) cowboys on the scooters uh I love the movie Wally. It's adorable. My biggest problem with Luke's recap of the movie Wally, other than the fact that he was recapping the movie Wally on TBTL, <laughs> was that at some point the conversation led to how you need to suspend your disbelief about robot love, as if you did not need to suspend your disbelief <laughs> of the entire premise of the movie Wally. Yeah, but the robot love is what got me when I was on that plane. Tears. Of course. Streaming. I almost had to have him pull over the plane because that's what you do when you're emotional, right? You gotta gotta pull over. <laughs> pull it over. I can't see. I gotta talk to Will about that. Um. Uh, so, yes, but yeah, Will? six thumbs up for Wally, right? We all agree. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Sure. Totally. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, the top story: Trump and Mike Pence were on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl. I don't know that there, we can say anything further to clown. He's almost unclownable at this point. Does anybody waste time really making fun of Trump anymore? Well, if you listen to NPR, that's all they talk about every minute of every day. Yep. I can't stand it anymore. You you really couldn't be preaching to the choir more than NPR talking about how how much of a fool Donald Trump is. Uh, Like anyone listening to NPR is going to be voting for Donald Trump. Right. Yeah. That would be an interesting person. (laughs) They, They have to be hate listening. They're, well, I was just going to say, they're the golf man of NPR listeners. They just. <laughs> the most interesting thing to come out of the, the, the 60 Minutes thing is Mike Pence's wife sells towel charms. Uh, <laughs> her website's called That's My Towel. 
And a, a couple of things about this. Obviously, you know, these are rich white people problems that uh, she's totally creating. I mean, Meredith, you, you're you're pretty, you know, you're pretty fancy. You 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 probably have a set of matching towels, but do you have a set of matching beach towels to your house towels? I don't even have beach towels. Yeah. This I is a beach. So. I don't either. There's not a beach here anymore. I did in Michigan, but what do I need them here for? Oh, right. you guys should be so jealous of my ocean state. Uh, we went to the beach this morning. We have cheap, cheap beach towels, uh, a bluish one and a pinkish one with like tropical-y patterns on them. And if they're on top, we grab them for the beach. And if they're not, then we grab a couple of regular towels and take them to the beach. And uh, we have never once been confused about who was using which towel. No. I mean, I, so my towel situation is that I don't have a matching set, but I always get white towels, so it doesn't matter if they're a matching set. So I can bleach the hell out of them if I need mm-hmm. to, and I can replace them without worrying about matching. You're just running a hotel now, Meredith. Yes. All if my you, sheets are white, too. <laughs> if you did have uh, very nice towels, would you want to like put a grommet on them, like... How does this thing? Well, even no, work? because I want I want my towel to be laid out as flat as possible to dry, so that it doesn't get vi- viruses and fungus growing in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's move on to that part of the conversation. Uh, this whole premise is about reusing towels. Uh-huh. How long? Let's let's excuse the beach thing. You take a towel to the beach, you bring it home. It has. In fact, the towels we took to the beach this very morning are sitting out on chairs in the sun just because they were really wet from wet sand. Mm -hmm. And the minute they're dried out, they're going into the washer once I can shake the sand off them. You dry them, shake them out, throw them in the wash, use them once. Exactly. Now, bath towels. How many times, how long do you use a bath towel? Maybe three days. But I I always make sure that they're fully dry. I have a pretty, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of maniacal about, about folding them up and hanging them over the thing perfectly so that they they are dry fully between uses. And you don't yeah. you don't share towels. No, no. Yeah. And so we it's, get it's around not... that by just having separate bathrooms. Okay. But you wouldn't <laughs> even if you had the same no, bathroom. No, I would not. No, no absolutely not. I totally wouldn't either. We have separate bathrooms as well and <clears throat> and we would never share those. I, I don't even think it's a thought that enters my head, but you know, Cullen doesn't know this stuff. He's like, you know, he sees it. He comes home for a visit. He sees a towel hanging. If it's dry, he uses it. That's and then towel. I go to take my shower, and my towel is wet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh no, you don't use another man's towel. That's been on his boys. You know, that's 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 been in some on some on some uh, yeah dangly bits." Well, so, I grew yeah. up in a household. There were five of us, and there were two bath. Well, it was one and a half baths, so we had one shower. And my stepdad installed a long, long bar across the whole wall of the bathroom so mm-hmm. that we could all hang our towels up in right. the room in a proper way because he was a little bit maniacal about that too. But we all knew which towel was ours. It yeah. wasn't a complicated thing. And if we really were worried about it, we would hang it on the hook on the back of our bedroom doors. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. a gross reach when you reach for what you think should be your dry towel. Cause and you, it's wet. It's been 24 hours since you hung it up and it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. no! No, then you. T- I I put it in the wash at that point. Oh yeah, that, I, get a I new fired one. that thing straight into the trash. I, yeah. I couldn't even stand the thought of it. Um, I think I use about two towels a week, so yeah, three ish days. And we have a couple of big hooks, and basically one of them is for each of us, and we're not loyal to one hook or the other for each of our towels. But um, we have a basically a rainbow of towels, and so. Every time we grab one, we grab a different color than the other person's using. And so we always know 
right now the purple towel is mine and the black towel is Sam's. And when we get out of the shower, we hang it over the shower the shower rod, and then the next person who showers moves that to a hook and because showers. It's dry at that because point, it's dry right? and then hangs yeah. theirs up. Because we yeah. are not Rockefellers like you Texas people. We have one shower <laughs> for the two of us. He's so- good here, what can I say? <laughs> And so, uh, you know, we just sort of rotate them through. But even if it moves, I think we just know which color is ours. And when in doubt, it gets kicked down the stairs to the wash pile. Yeah. And and we have a bounty of towels. And in fact, I want to start buying more to start rolling out the older ones. Because after a couple of years, you know, they they lose their their effectiveness. They're not as absorbent. Mm -hmm. The hassle of those charms, though. I mean... You got to clip them on and then take them off when you put it in the wash. Or, or can you imagine if you started a load in the dryer that had some of those stupid charms <sighs> on it? Yeah, this is something for people who have too much money and they've run out of things to spend it on. Oh my god! I don't want to overthink the future in such a negative way, but um, in a world where the Republican ticket gets elected, and in a world where for some reason Donald Trump is removed from office, which would be relatively inevitable at that point. Mm-hmm. This could mean that Karen Pence could be the first lady of the United States. Sure. And her big initiative could be towel organization. Mm. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry about he- health care for children like Hillary Clinton did and health and fitness like Michelle Obama. She's going to make sure every American knows, every American child knows which towel is his. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it keeps, keeps disease from spreading. It's, it's important. <laughs> so uh, Luke has some... Real estate regret over the Mount Baker house, which uh, I imagine is probably approaching seven figures at this point. (laughs) But, you know, they're doing fine. There's no reason to worry about them. They're working so much on their house. They seemingly have endless amounts of money. So I I don't feel (laughs) sorry for them. Yeah, where is this all coming from? (laughs) I don't feel sorry for them about about having sold, sold short on the Mount Baker house. Guys, I don't have anything else for Monday. Um, we can move on to Tuesday if you're ready. Yeah, let's make Tuesday a real quick uh, episode. By the way, I don't know if we did the titles. Uh, you did Monday, Tuesday, twenty one sixty six. We have the right to be hellish. A line from the song "Jealous," which was not by Justin Timberlake. Just like the new hit is not by Nick Jonas. I don't know why. Uh, why Luke can't tell them apart. <laughs> um, here are my notes for Tuesday. Uh, the guys start by confusing the Christian band Petra with the, I don't know whether they're thinking of the car or the pioneer in electricity, Tesla. No, we... they're thinking of the band Tesla. And <laughs> and Andrew was the one who was confused. Luke knew. Yeah. And Andrew had, a, this was a week of confusion for Andrew. Yeah. Seemingly every day that, toward the front of the show, there was some yeah. uh, brain snafu for him. Well, his brain is in drive time mode, so it doesn't matter what you say as long as you keep talking. Sure, yeah, he's, yeah. he's fancy. <laughs> uh, into backmasking talk and revolution number nine, turn me on, dead man. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm too young, but I've never pursued playing anything backwards. Yeah. I wanted to. Um, I used to listen to Beatles records on my parents' actual record player when I would get home from school before everybody else. And I wanted to spin it backwards, but I was so afraid of ruining the machine mm-hmm. that I just stayed away. You're such a responsible child. I tried. It, it didn't last. 
But I do agree that the hearing things backwards is kind of freaky sounding. It was a little yeah. bit spooky. It's unsettling. There's yeah. something just like the, yeah, the the pattern of it, the weird noises it makes. It's it's clearly not meant to be forward. You know, it's kind of a Rorschach test, I think, a little bit of like how crazy you are. I didn't hear "Turn Me On, Dead Man" at all. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you're either very crazy or not at all crazy. Yeah, I don't know which way the test goes. I don't either. Uh, the RNC. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a random thing. I mean, like if you had someone read the Bible and then you just played it backwards, you could find a bunch of stuff. Of course. You know? Sure. It's, yeah, if you look it's hard just, enough. They happen to be playing rock and roll records backwards. If they were playing like, you know, a Mr. Rogers episode backwards, you might find some really alarming stuff as well. So, You might wonder nice. why he's leaving. Never mind. On to the RNC stage smelling like rotting oh, bananas and mildew. Yeah, see, thank you. <laughs> I don't have any commentary about the RNC stage smelling like rotting bananas and mildew. It just sounds like a shoe-in for the, for the core audience of the Republican National Convention. Was somebody pranking them? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Um, they play a long, long clip from Life's Too Short, a scene where Liam Neeson is guesting with Ricky Gervais and wants to do comedy. He was pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was. <laughs> I went and rewatched that clip this morning uh, before we went on today, and yeah, uh, and that just gets more and more awkward as the clip goes on. But he really nails it. I, I bet he could be goddamn hilarious if you were just <laughs> yeah. hanging out with him. Yeah. He's if, so quick. If people would stop taking his daughter and give him a chance to write, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just it's it's hard to joke around when your daughter's been taken right. again. He's a bad father. Yeah, he is. Well, he makes up for it in the back nine. I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like he starts out a bad father, but then he always comes around. Uh, the top story from Tuesday was the outlay of Song of the Summer and some talk about music. Um, I didn't take extensive notes about the individual songs. I think we can let that sort of happen. And when it gets to the brackets, we can tackle it better then. Um, some notes, though. Uh, Andrew's old radio professor is a Facebook friend of his. And Andrew's convinced that he must have been a terrible radio student. And Luke tries to remind him that he's probably the most accomplished radio professional of anyone this guy ever taught. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. He's had his own show. He's been a producer for a big NPR affiliate show. Uh, He's working for Minnesota Public Radio for this big APM project now. He's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Very few of the people that I went through uh, journalism school with went on to do anything at all in journalism. So it's a pretty low bar usually, you know, at schools like University of Washington, Kent State that aren't known for their, for their programs. Right. Uh, And then in music notes, I just wrote that Luke goes out of his way to explain how much he hates a song by Lucas Graham that neither of them has heard. uh, But that was at the top of the Billboard Hot 100, I think for several weeks. So it was just a nice reminder that song of the summer is being run and curated by Someone who loves Donovan and someone who just decided he now <laughs> likes the song Rude that he hated two summers ago. <laughs> and Counting Crows. Can't wait for this reveal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Andrew has a kill list for Song of the Summer, which I do appreciate. This is always an annual thing where will he be fair to the stats or will he be more like Jen Andrews? And I'm always happier when he says he's going to be more like Jen Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um I did not appreciate, and I know on the Stens page a lot of listeners didn't appreciate some casual bashing of the band Joseph, which several people nominated for Song of the Summer, myself included, uh, for the song White Flag, which is their new big single. Uh, And then my uh, 
note that I'm going to throw out there so that I can get a bunch of hate mail this week. I'm not seeing the big deal with the Abbott brothers. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I like them. Yeah, I don't dislike them. I just, people are falling all over themselves for them. I don't get it. I And I don't, I like them, but I don't think their songs are Song of the Summer material. No, no. Yeah, that too. And I think that's it for Tuesday. That was a short one. Yep. All right, Wednesday, 2167, Tomato to Something. Uh, today starts out with a really fun topic, which is workplace sexual harassment. Um, <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke had to watch a slideshow at NPR of some very weird instances of sexual harassment that were illustrated in such a way so as to not actually sexually harass the people viewing the slideshow. Um, I've, I have to sit through a little webinar every year uh, just for HR purposes at work where it's it's usually clip art of like a woman turning her back, you know, angrily to a man and the man going, what? You know, it's that sort of thing. So it's a, just it's implied that he did something. Horrible, he did something. But... She's mad. Yeah. And they're in an office setting. So you can get around it without having like fake a guy pretending he's got big fake boobs or or whatever it is. There's there's <laughs> other ways to incorporate boring clip art into these things. So good on you, NPR. Um, and then Luke tells us a story about one of his sound engineers who told everyone about his time as a Tamil tiger, um, making that really an uncomfortable uh, yeah. sexual harassment workshop. Um, Luke is in Wenatchee. Is that how you say it? Uh-huh. Uh, Washington. He's doing a story for uh, NBC about a falconer who's defender of cherries there. And he said it was named Tig, which now I can only think of Tig Notaro, like a bird named Tig Notaro that hunts birds that would eat the cherries. Um, going on to updated scarecrow technology, he tells us there's an actual scarecrow convention later this year in Philadelphia. Hmm. I'm actually kind of curious <laughs> what's going to be at that convention. Yeah, uh, I, I would have never have thought. And so apparently it's vendors, right? Um yeah. And not cosplay? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the Falconers sound like pretty cool dudes. Um, the, then we are treated to another Donovan song, The Magpie, which dominated the newsletter this week, which I couldn't even read because I was so annoyed <laughs> about this song. <laughs> and this is how the the title came to be. Because Luke said, well, not all heroes wear capes or ponchos. Tomato to poncho, tomato to something. Right. Um, I, you know, they mentioned the uh, wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube man mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. And about how they'll put silvery strips of, like, mylar on the, on the crops. And you see that in um, Traverse City, Michigan where they have some vineyards and I never knew what that was for. I knew it was to scare the birds, but I didn't know it was to make it look like it was on fire. That was kind of cool. Oh, my. so uh, people are actually, they're putting those inflatable arm guys out there just like as is out of the package or do they have to like alter them in some way? I have no idea. I, I mean, you have to put a fan below them, right? To get them waving. Yeah. yeah you, you need a, you need a generator or something. To yeah. I haven't seen that in any fields, but I do have an opportunity. We are going to Washington <laughs> next week. So I, and uh, my uh, cousin is a curator of some kind of crop out in Wenatchee. So <laughs> maybe I can do a little report. I just like that all the birds are suddenly buying used cars instead of eating cherries. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, every I can't look at one of those inflatable uh, waving arm guys without thinking of uh, my wife's ex-boyfriend, the boyfriend she had before we met, and she said that one of his many talents was that he could do that thing. He could do that he thing. Could that do the dance. He could do the, the, the D does on. It's always funny. Right. Uh, yeah, I've been staring at that gif all day actually. Yeah. It's <laughs> been... you can't look away. I mean, it's it's two cultural references. It's that complete with the Steve Winwood music in the background, right. and oh, then yeah. it's the commercial from Family Guy, which somebody posted. Or maybe actually two or three people posted to the Stens page, which from my college days was one of my more favorite Family Guy moments. Yeah, mine too. So, you know, plenty of celebration of the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. <laughs> moving on we start um an unfortunate streak of telling terrible jokes in this episode luke t- tells the joke about the pig with two legs that andrew didn't like because uh, i thought he didn't like it because it was tasteless and sad but he didn't like it because he'd already heard it i guess it's um, both is there an yeah. all of the above bubble yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I mean this maybe started because luke they were talking about construction noise at andrews and then they started speculating about projects they knew nothing about and Luke said, how do you jack up a house? Put it on some muscle milk. This is a pretty, pretty good one. And then we get, to, we get treated to Andrew's um, three versions of his fake laughs. The first one sounding like Santa Claus. The second one being kind of a crazy uh, scream. And then uh, Anderson Cooper giggling. That was my favorite. Andrew had some range this week. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of acting, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, top story for today is you can now request to be Twitter verified. And now that any old person can do it, Luke has no interest in doing yeah, it. And if, uh, if you see an article like this about Twitter verification and you, you feel like you're, you want to throw it up on the Stens page, take a quick look. Yeah, we, we got it covered guys. We're good. <laughs> Someone probably already did it, but if they didn't, you know, happily post it, be the first and even write first, put a comment. <laughs> underneath your post it says first but the rest of y'all uh not necessary yeah yeah and apparently not just the stens page because i'm pretty sure he at least one person who i'm not sure if they're a 10 but i think they're a genuine luke, friend of luke's posted it uh to I, at least on one tweeted it at him i know i yeah, saw it there i did too uh and uh he said he got bombarded with email which doesn't surprise me uh did any of you apply to have your twitter handle verified <laughs> no <laughs> oh i did are you verified no well i'll What's check happened? right now so let's see let's see what happens at twitter.com slash rlpape because i go to it on a browser because i'm an old man nope still not verified apparently my 613 tweets and my 136 followers uh or 172 followers do not deserve to see me verified well, if they reach out to you to do this, I want to know what the process is. Absolutely. And I, I, I said I need to be qualified. I need the check mark because there's another Robert Pape and there's a lot of confusion between us. Mm-hmm. And there is. I once in a while get emails and things. And he is a prominent figure. Uh, but since he's not active on Twitter, I don't think. I feel like it falls to me to get the check mark. I'm going to go for it tonight. I'll, I'll get on the old Twitter and see if I can get verified. Because, yeah, there, there's another... Mike, few, a couple of Mike Frizzell's out there. One's a Sasquatch expert, and the other one is a child molester from Britain. So, and those are uh, not the same person. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay. I, I'd like to be uh, verified so that I won't be. You know, I'm just a 38-time felon. I don't want to be associated with those guys. 
Yeah, certainly not a Sasquatch hunter. Right, no, you're definitely a different kind of weirdo than either of those two weirdos. So yeah. you should really define that. No offense to Sasquatch hunters. Sam and I are going out to the Olympic Peninsula next week. We're very excited. But our, our eyes will be open. Yeah, if if we could just if there would be just one Sasquatch finder, then a lot of it would be uh, <laughs> would sound a lot less stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna. We're working on it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I applaud. No offense, Don. Yeah. All right, the guys start talking about how D&D is becoming the next cool thing in Hollywood. This sounds like a trend piece alert to me. Yep. Um, I'm uh, not sure the D&D is ever going to be cool. Story on NPR today on our way to the beach about more and more people playing strategy board games. Really? So this is making its way through, you know, between D&D and Settlers of Catan and new games. This is This wave of culture stories is making its way through the media. Well, I'm I'm not one to talk smack because I got very addicted to World of Warcraft uh, and I had to quit or else I was going to flunk out of school. So I'm not saying I'm too cool for it. I, I was very aware how uncool it was at the time. <laughs> I was very, I did a very poor job uh, for a while because I was staying up late playing Civilization. So again, we all have our weaknesses. Were you in your attic smoking? <laughs> no, no, there was no smoking and I had no attic. I actually did play in my basement. It was my own basement, not my mother's. Right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I, this, it's not that I'm too dumb for these games, but the way I'm wired just does not lend itself to these games. I've, I've had the same thoughts with Pokemon Go being so big now. I'm at an age where Pokemon really should have been a part of my childhood, and it's absolutely not at all. It completely lost me. Magic the Gathering, people had magic cards all around me gone i don't know what the hell i was doing while everyone was doing these things but i wasn't doing any of those things i also wasn't playing sports or having friends really i'm just not sure where my childhood went (laughs) where was it spent i don't know just long days of watching pbs and entertaining myself i don't know bobby you've got a note here uh i forgot to mention it that luke said he's going to go see some of his biological family when he's in Philly. Yeah, this struck me because I have a similar situation where I, I have my biological father, who I've never met, who lives in Rochester, and he has kids, and I I believe I have a, a half-sister, among other things. Um, and, but we've never communicated. It's not quite like Luke's, where he's like randomly Facebook friends with some of his aunts or something. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I was just raised by my mother and, and my father was never in the picture. Uh, interesting that it's happening now and interesting that it's happening sort of at the gentle prodding of Carrie. Is that what it is? Well, I thought that's what he said or or maybe just that she wanted or she was going and that's happening. Maybe I'm assuming that she's prodding and she's not. I shouldn't assert that. I just don't remember either way. I'm I'm just surprised that of all the places that Luke travels for work, she wants to go to Philly yeah because <laughs> you know I, I haven't been to philadelphia in a long time but i don't remember it being you know yeah same yeah uh but i just i, I made a note of that because I, I, I every time i go back to rochester i think to myself really briefly should i do something about this i kind of have enough lead in that i think i could find him if i tried but um do you have any desire to do that the the only reason would be for a medical history Mm. Like, I don't have this aching, I want to go play catch with him. Uh, yeah. 18 years of back child support would be kind of awesome. It's probably yeah. not going to happen. Uh, 
but uh like and i wondered if maybe there's thoughts with the whole them maybe wanting to have a kid which comes up once in a while indirectly mm. um he's already been through it all once so i don't know why you'd worry about it now but um you know if sam and i were to were to be dumb and decide to have kids no offense to all the parents uh you know, I would want to know kind of what we're getting ourselves into that we might not know about yet. Of course, I think everything on my mother's side, alcoholism, diabetes, heart issues. I don't know what could be left. <laughs> oh, right. there's so much more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, cancer, depression. We got a lot of it covered, but it would be nice to know if there's even more hiding in the shadows. There could be. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but I just thought that was interesting that he mentioned yeah. it kind of casually, too. Um, we'll see what happens there. I want to I, I'll follow that with personal interest if he does end up pursuing that. Mm -hmm. um, the emails that we had today, the first one was how many episodes of a show do you sit through to determine whether you like it or not? I don't have strong feelings about this. This guy was trying to watch ballers. Have either of you seen that? Nope. I'm I've seen them all. I'm up to date. on oh. ballers. How do you I'm feel not about proud it? Of it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a part of me. I, I grew up like I would watch anything that had anything to do with sports. Any yeah. movie, any TV show. And I still kind of have that a little bit, you know? I mean, not anything. It can't, like, be just total trash, you know? There, There's a there's a lot of... Uh, there, There's some fun stuff to it. It's not horrible. So it depends but, on the genre for you. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'll watch... I will probably usually watch any, um, any show twice, you know, for, uh, two episodes. And, yeah. Uh, like... That first episode of Vice Principals, I didn't really care for it, but the I'm I'm getting to be down with it now. So it it's usually if it hasn't happened to me by the end of the second episode, I'll happily get rid of whatever it is. Do we make a caveat that the pilot doesn't count? It shouldn't. Well, they're often terrible and they're not reflective of the rest of the show. Right. Well, so here I'll put this to you now because I have a I have a situation I'm in the middle of. Uh, Sam and I watched the pilot of Veep mm. and for me, cause I have, I have not watched it. Um, I'm trying to start catching up on the giant list of shows that I have not watched and Veep is high on that list. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam didn't like it at all, but she and I don't like the same kinds of TV. So that mm -hmm. doesn't surprise me. She, you know, she liked Arrested Development. So it surprises me that she doesn't like other shows of that kind, uh, that, that I would categorize with that. Um, she really, I think, didn't like the pilot of Veep. And I was lukewarm on the pilot of Veep. I felt the same as Sam about it. I tried, and I was just so uninterested that I have never watched another episode. Right. And I know uh, I watched, I made myself watch the first four or five episodes of Parks and Rec. And I had the uh, same. And I know the now first people season have said of that just, show is terrible. Right. People say just don't watch the first season. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, Christy has corrected me on this too. I read the first Harry Potter book and was so uninterested that I never read the rest of them. So, uh, wow. Yeah. About Veep, uh, I watched a lot of the first season and I was lukewarm on it. And I, I let it go. And then just recently, I'm dipping back, but I went back to like season three so i just i just cut it off and i and i've been watching season three forward and it's goddamn great all right well i'm gonna have some time on my hands next month so maybe one of the days i'll just spend marathoning and i'll just jump ahead of it if i have to i i just think it does maybe sometimes you do want to jump in later on a show just because 
you see how many talented people are there and you just know that they're going to hit their stride at some point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you've watched the first few episodes or part of the first season, you're like, they just don't have it yet. Just go dip in later. Right. <laughs> and yeah. they're in full force in season three. It's fantastic. Yeah. So maybe only a couple episodes is the answer, but maybe not necessarily the first couple episodes. Mm, yeah. Because that's yeah. the real holdback. So, Mike, would you tell Lee to stick it out with Ballers or not? Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't tell anyone to go watch Ballers. It's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I did just catch up. I'm now current on Workaholics. Yeah, which, I'm, I'm current. Which is my afternoon at home, half working while sitting on the couch, put it on in the background show. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to need a new show to fill that void soon. I am almost done with Silicon Valley. I, I've been cutting that with... Uh, the first season of the X-Files, I decided to start over on that. And the first season, the first episode of that is just as good as every other episode. I just love that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silicon Valley is on the list for me, but I don't, it's Showtime. HBO. HBO. Yeah, it's HBO. Can you believe I'm the last person on earth who doesn't even have access to an HBO Go password? Yes, you do. I'll give you mine. Uh, that's why I said it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our second email is, is holding the door via the handicap button too impersonal? Is that polite or not? <laughs> I never even thought about that. That's awesome. I haven't I'm either. start doing it. Like here, I'll slap this button for you. Yeah, Andrew has you really go. strong feelings about holding doors and he's, he, his opinion is just always do it. It's nice to be nice. Yep. Just do it. Yeah. Why not? What does it cost yeah. you? And as I've mentioned before, I was raised by wolves. I did not know you were supposed to do this for people until I was like in my early 20s. Mm. Well, you're also a lady. So the obligation to you is a lot less. No, it shouldn't be, though. That's just so rude. And it didn't occur to me. Like now looking back, I just want to bury my head in the sand. But Duff, when we would first started dating, he would be like, what are you doing? Why did you just close the door on that person's face? And I'm like, what person? I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't trying to be rude. I just literally didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a point of clarity. I'm talking about social norms and not my own personal opinion. I didn't want you to think that I believe that because you are a lady, you, I know, you I are know. not held to the same expectation. I just, I, I know at least three listeners who will speak up if I don't clarify. <laughs> I believe we're all equal. That said, I always walk around the door, uh, the car, and open the passenger door for Sam before we get in the car. Duff does that sometimes. If we're going out and I'm dressed up, he'll do it. Like it gets him in more of a chivalrous mood, I think. <laughs> But not every day. Half the reason is because I've usually got shit on my passenger seat I need to shuffle out of the way. But, uh, you know, I still do it because it's like a simple gesture. You had to do it a lot more when you had to physically unlock the door with the key or lean over Mm -hmm. and pull the thing. Right. Yeah, there was more of an inclination to go around and just unlock the door when you couldn't Mm just pop, pop, get it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else have anything on Wednesday? I do not. I'm good. And we'll take it to Thursday, 2168, Murder, She Pied. There is a reason I'm recapping this episode. We get some <laughs> Murder, She Wrote. Although, the hype. So I usually listen to TPTL the next morning. The amount of hype about the Murder, She Wrote talk <laughs> way outsized the amount of Murder, She Wrote talk. It uh, was the show picture, though. Yes, it was. was. Uh, we start with Luke, who sidekicked with, uh, with Tom on Tom and Curly which is the delightful way to take in Tom and Curly when it's Tom Mm -hmm. and Luke. Uh, And we find out that it's after Andrew turned it down because he's been filling in on the Ron and Don slot. And so Luke is taking Andrew's leftovers at Cairo. Mm -hmm. Um, I've checked in a little bit 
I caught a couple of minutes of Luke and Tom co-hosting, but it was all Germany or RNC coverage or something. It was basically all news. So they were just, they, they hardly were talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys listened at all. Mm-mm. No. The time shift makes it weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew, probably as part of being on this schedule and just being himself, was up at 1 a.m. and caught an episode of Murder, She Wrote, which he realized was the part two of a two-part Murder, She Wrote Magnum P.I. crossover episode. <laughs> Are you familiar with the, these episodes? I have seen these episodes. I have. Where seen, do they take place, in Hawaii or Maine? In Hawaii. I've seen nearly every episode of... Murder, She Wrote. There are a few that I've missed because Sam was marathoning it and would watch while I was at work hosting trivia. But for the most part, I've seen I've seen a, a strong majority of them. And I've definitely seen at least the part two. And the reason that I may have only seen the part two is because part one was actually an episode of Magnum P.I. Oh. And part two was an episode of Murder, She Wrote. And when they were on the air, they must have been back to back that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked into this a little bit. Now, the plot, I... I vaguely remember uh, uh, Jessica's in Hawaii because she's been invited uh, to this house uh, because a murder has taken place and a friend of hers is there and says, oh, I know the perfect investigator and happens to not be a real investigator at all. It's it's Jessica. And Magnum... That's a long flight to go help out a buddy. Yeah. Well, any, but it is Hawaii. And I'm, any I'm excuse taking. to get... Uh, any excuse to get a murder she wrote plot out of Cabot Cove, uh-huh. which already has the highest murder rate per capita in the known world. <laughs> now, when no murders happened when she was in Hawaii, did anyone think that was a little suspect? This has always been a note. You don't want to be Jessica's friend because yeah. all of Jessica's friends die. Get murdered. Yeah, she seems pretty, has a sunny personality for someone whose all of her friends are murdered. Yeah. Uh, so. She comes out and there's some animosity at first because they're kind of competing on the same job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually they, they realize there's a mutual respect for one another. The part that I found interesting, I went and looked into this before this taping. Uh, in the two-parter, uh, in the original airing, uh, Magnum P.I. gets left with a cliffhanger at the end of his episode where he doesn't quite get the bad guy, and then he sort of gets framed for it, which I think was mentioned by Andrew. Mm-hmm. And then Jessica helps exonerate him in the second episode. Uh, but because they had to make this palatable for season watchers or whatever of just Magnum P.I. in the in one of the rerun options and probably in like the VHS box set they probably sold this in or whatever – um, they just simply rewrite the ending of the Magnum episode where in the very last oh. few seconds, he gets the bad guy. That's interesting. Plot hmm. over hmm. so that you don't have to go watch some random episode of murder. She wrote in the middle of your Magnum PIs. <laughs> Unless you wanted to see Jessica Fletcher in a two piece because she's in, in that one episode she does. Yeah. And there's definitely a little mention of um, Magnum's sort of interest in Jessica in that way too. Mm-hmm. which uh, there's a theme Hot. through there. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a theme through these shows. Uh, Cause we watch a lot of NCIS, not the spinoffs, just the original. Don't judge us. And we watch uh, now we're watching Midsummer murders, uh, Midsummer murders. Yeah. This British show, which is about a, a, an investigatory agency, an agent and his assistant. And it's the same kind of thing where there are way too many murders in this rural part of England. <laughs> way, way too many. They all 
have older protagonists than you would expect. And it's definitely this uh, older people can do stuff too vibe. <laughs> did did Bosley go to Hawaii with her? No, Bos Bosley's there. Uh, uh, no, uh, I'm getting my character names crossed now. Well, I don't know the character's name, but. Oh, you mean Tom Bosley? No, Tom Bosley does not go. And Tom Bosley's only in the first few seasons of Murder, She Wrote. After that, they get another police chief. Oh. I know. It's heartbreaking. We've probably talked too much about Murder, She Wrote now. No, we could go on <laughs> forever. No, we can't, because we have Cairo hate mail, which may be hurting wanting for Golf Man. Uh, and we also have... oh. No, I do have one more Murder, She Wrote note. I liked the spoof <laughs> on how Murder, She Wrote, Jessica's books would just be the word murder over and over again. <laughs> uh, and I mentioned to you guys, I think Sam actually has picked up from the th from the thrift store. There are paperback novels, theoretically written, quote, by Jessica Fletcher. And they are just murder stories set in her universe. Mm -hmm. And the last one she got was called Rum and Razors. And the one before that was Brandy and Bullets. <laughs> sensing a theme so there's yeah. a whole yeah there's a whole theme here uh i i, I want to see what was it uh tor uh tequila and tank tranquilizer darts Four loco and framing hammer <laughs> yeah perfect. vodka and vibrators oh wow what a way Yikes. to go <laughs> that's where my brain went first uh back to cairo they check in with dave ross at the rnc who apparently really loves ge smith music talk i'm out G.E. Smith from the Saturday Night Live band, who I always assumed was named G.E. Smith as some sort of sponsorship deal. Right. <laughs> That's how he got on. Okay, yeah. call me G.E. Uh, cats on a leash, yay or nay? Nay. Nay. Yeah, I've tried it. Easy. <laughs> it sucks. I don't think Cupcake would ever go for it. Uh, they lie down and refuse to move, get as low to the ground as they can, and you have to drag them across the floor. A cat does not want to be on a leash. A cat doesn't want to walk around with you. Stop it. Uh, Cupcake doesn't even like to be picked up and carried around, but Sam grabbed her and brought her downstairs the other day because she was in the heat upstairs, and she brought her down into the air conditioning because she thought she was so hot she was too lazy to come down. No, cats love that. Well, that's what I said. She'll, she's smart. She'll come down when she's hungry or bored. Well, cats have a higher body temperature than we do, so they actually seek that out so they regulate their temperature easier. They're like at 102. Thank you, scientist. I had no idea. So there's your evidence. There you go. Cats run hot. Uh, we get vindication for Joseph because someone heard it at a party and thought, oh, yeah, this is a good summer song. And the top story for Thursday is that Funai is going to stop making VCRs. Bummer, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we don't have one. I don't think we have any VHS tapes here. I, th this discussion was interesting because I didn't realize there was such a thing as a VCP. Yeah. Yes. He's told this story before, but I always forget. I have I I remember seeing one of those one time, and and I was like, wow, <laughs> how did they? How how are you so cheap that you can't? Oh, I don't know. It offended me. On <laughs> <laughs> me too. What is the point? We we weren't fancy at all when I was a kid. We were pretty broke, but we had a VCR at some point. I thought it was extremely fancy to have a VCR or a VHS rewinder. You know, that would rewind mm -hmm. it in like 30 seconds. I thought that was the height of luxury. The same friend of mine who was held back in first grade, his parents had one in the shape of a race car. Oh, I know. Rockefellers, but they're multiple bathrooms and they're VHS recorder or rewinders. Uh, and just to settle the, the uh, 
Betamax controversy for forever. Uh, yes, it was better technology, and that's why that's why it was used for broadcast. It it, it just didn't catch on. Public. Yeah, well, isn't that uh, a porn industry thing? Isn't that what, that's what I always heard was that the porn industry threw their weight of sales behind VHS. Yeah, it's possible. Something had to turn that tide because, uh, you know, the broadcast people, obviously, they wanted the better quality, and that's what they used. So, Right. Uh, timeshare talk. Uh, Luke mentions that despite his parents being ridiculously frugal, they did get a timeshare, but then they made sure they got every last ounce of worth out of it. She would. That's yeah. Of course she would. Yeah, she's the person who gets a gym membership but then goes every day. They're not making money on her. Mm-hmm. No. No, uh, she's she's not the 500 pound guy at the she is the 500 pound guy at the buffet is what i'm saying yes like, yeah like there we're not making any money on this guy he's he's hurting our bottom line uh i only mention this to be selfish and say that because my mother bought a timeshare this year and is not using it i get a week of timeshare time in texas in august because that's the only place her lack of clout could really land me that i wanted to go <laughs> And so next month, I'm sure we'll be recording either together or at least from the same state when I'm down mm-hmm. in Texas. And uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but we will be organizing something for the Texas 10s. Uh, and I'll I'll get an event up soon. We just need to pick a day and a place. Yeah. Is it looking like Dallas? It, I think it's looking like Dallas. And I think it's okay. looking like Friday, the 26th of August. Okay. There is a, so there is a Dallas Facebook page. Um, if anyone in Texas or the surrounding area would like to see those details just go to go find that that uh dallas i think it's called dallas text tens yes mm-hmm. dallas text tens anyone willing to fly in too it's a hub for a lot of airlines so yep uh if and you, if you uh, want to feel really thin you, you fly into the dallas <laughs> hang out at dfw yep uh or at the beach today at rhode island i felt like a king oh yeah <laughs> it was free parking day they do it once a year Oof. whoa uh yeah i would avoid it we got there early so it was okay uh, North Korea has done another number string broadcast for the first time in a while. This is shit they used to do all the time. Uh, I, are there, is there really anyone out there left listening to these? North, you know, do they, they have deep cover agents somewhere listening to the radio? I, th- I think it's a fake out. I think it's, you know, they're just pretending. To, just to get people to talk about North Korea? Yeah, um, or just just so like other, you know, like the our intelligence has to worry about what they're doing. Exactly. Uh, Luke's going on a staycation next week, uh, and we're going to see some substitute hosts on TBTL. We're going to get some Stubot. We're going to get some Phyllis Fletcher. We're going to get a cooking with Sean for picky eaters, specifically oh, geared at Andrew. So that should be easy because I'll just microwave <laughs> some popcorn or something. And Hot that, dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hot dog buffet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get some Aaron Mason from the Grapes of Rad. That'll be an interesting week. He is the third host from grapes of red i would love to hear on tbtl yes no fourth <laughs> if you count ben ben parsons yeah oh i miss ben uh ben email uh from lauren tells the guys be more confident when they're out in the world talking about that was TBTL. a sweet voicemail <laughs> <laughs> yeah voicemail excuse me um there, she's right i don't have anything to add to that uh, we also get a message saying, if you want good falconry, go to Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's not just for chocolate-themed amusement parks anymore. Uh, and there's talk of the Faces of Death videos, which I never saw and have no interest in seeing. Mike, did you see those? No, I didn't. I had chances to and never did because I'm a pussy. Uh, I was aware of them, but I had no desire. I knew yeah. that would haunt my dreams. Yep, me too. 
Let's, I don't like scary stuff. Let's save the "Have you ever watched somebody die?" conversation for a uh, an after hours LRB. <laughs> uh, Thursday ends with the replaying of the Stephen Colbert "Yesterday's Coffee" bit, which I did think so good. was pretty good. That show started strong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it for Thursday. All right, Friday, twenty one sixty nine. Someone will be wearing Tevas. Are you? <laughs> Andrew used to be. In a TV club, which I think we'd heard a little bit about before, at least the origins of it, him and Sean, um, that's, that TV club is coming back to his house on Sunday as Genevieve and the gang, Sean, and I, what I can only imagine is quite a number of people now, it sounds like, are going to get together to watch a marathon, I guess. I hope they don't have to watch too many episodes of Empty Nest. So weird that it's at his house, but he's not in the club. Is he going to watch? Is he going to participate? I guess we'll I have know. to wait and see. But this, okay, I I have no problem with, like, these clubs or whatever. Like, if, if you're going to watch something that you're actually nostalgic for or that is good, but who's nostalgic for Empty Nest? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's that. I, I just don't I, I think don't it's just that. people who ran out of Golden Girls episodes, isn't it? I mean, that... <laughs> And I'm not I'm not here to shit on Golden Girls. It's not my jam, but I totally get it. Uh, people who like as someone who has marathoned all of X Files, all of NCIS, it's just one of those comforting shows. You know the characters; they get themselves into very character typical situations and then get themselves out of them somehow. Um, yeah, but Empty Nest would be a stretch. Yeah, be I a do hard like one. the I do like the theme night uh aspect of this mm-hmm. i've got a friend who's really into doing theme nights and actually last night we went over to her house and we watched um the big night yeah have you guys seen that and she made a timpano which is this crazy italian pasta dish inside of a pastry it's like every kind of italian food wrapped into one uh and it was amazing yeah and did either of you come up with dishes perfect strangers dishes that they didn't not me, don't be rigatoni. No, I <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I did not. I, I have a great one. I'm just gonna tell you right away. It's a don't be radicchio salad. <laughs> uh, you only lose points because it's a salad. Yeah, yeah. Who wants a salad? Nobody, nobody <laughs> likes salad, right, Jen? Yeah. Uh, uh, the only time I've ever done that is when the new season of Arrested Development came out. We had a party to watch it, and we all brought themed foods. And so Sam and I brought man eggs. Oh, God. <laughs> Gross. So we just brought a bunch <laughs> of hard-boiled eggs and a squeeze-tube bottle of mayonnaise. Yes. <laughs> hmm. I like one part of that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's step up from the widower's picnic, which I'd never heard that phrase before either. No, yeah, me neither. Me was sad. Uh, Luke and Carrie are going to a hat party, of which I saw the picture on yes. Facebook today of them. Hats and she picked out a great hat. Yeah, she did. Carrie looks amazing. Yeah. I'll just say that. Um, Luke fills in again for that, uh, the <clears throat> late morning show, and it's a big news day, and he feels like he was frustrated because he didn't really get to be Luke. He didn't get to do any Luke things. And he thinks that we as a nation, I don't know if he's speaking for the world, but we're getting pretty hysterical about the news. And I think there's some element of truth in that. But um, 
there there are a lot more shootings uh going yeah. on than back in the day. I don't think we're being hysterical about that. It seems to be picking up momentum the guns and the shootings. So yeah. it wasn't just that nobody reported those 50 people killed in Orlando 20 years ago. No, if 50 people had been killed in Orlando, we would have heard about it. Mm-hmm. I think Luke's also just losing focus of the purpose of the media he's doing when he's on nine to noon. You yeah. know, it's, it's a news radio talk station and people are tuning in for the quarter hour at the most. And so that's why they have to go wall to wall with it is because if you're not talking about it, the two minutes somebody tunes into it, they're going to flip. And, you know, if he wants to do flowery featurey stuff, I mean, that's what live wires for TBTL. Mm. TBTL. Uh, yeah. Even, I mean, there are segments of the NPR, you know, NPR weekends. Uh, Emily posted a great thing about a dream. 2016 would be Terry Gross and Scott Simon, both coming off the air together. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of room for that kind of radio. It's just not daytime midday yeah talk news radio station it's just not there just demonstrated why he was right to get out of that yeah because it, it puts him in a bad frame of mind he doesn't he doesn't like to do that stuff but that's that's what radio is that's what that kind of radio is and he, you can't change it right it, it will it will start to change you for the worse and one day you wake up and you're dory monson <laughs> mm. um, i want to backpedal before you move on sure to the party because uh, there was a lot of uh, hand-wringing between Luke and Andrew about dress codes on mm-hmm. invitations to a party. And first of all, I'm glad to see it looks like Luke wore the suit, yeah. which he should have done. Um, the only thing worse than having a dress code on a party invitation is not having a dress code yeah. on a party invitation. Because yeah. then you're really left to have no idea. I, I think... What they think is if there's no dress code, then you can't be held accountable for going over or under. No. No, you totally look like a no-ass if you show up in your way over or underdressed. Uh, the if- other, a, a couple of weeks ago, I went to a work dinner with some of Duff's customers at a, one of the nicer steakhouses in Dallas. And this is the one I was consulting you guys about. What should I wear? What shoes should I wear? Right. Because I needed to tower over some enemies. And at that dinner, this one woman who I've, She's, a, you know, a, the wife of one of his coworkers who I've met in these situations before and we're friendly. She showed up. I was wearing a black wrap dress and black heels and she showed up in white jeans and a really casual breezy top and some crazy earrings. And she just looked at me and was like, oh, my God, what did I do? Nice. I did it so wrong. And her <laughs> husband is just useless when it comes to this because we have to he, there are only real contact. It's like what her husband won't tell her. He's like, I don't know, whatever, I don't know. Oh, going to a barbecue or something, ball game, I don't know. Yeah, so she was way more casual than anyone else at this dinner, and she just was seething at him the whole night. <laughs> yeah, uh, when in doubt, go one step over. I would rather be overdressed any day. Absolutely. Well, and it's for a guy, it's a little bit easier because you can always loosen your tie or... Take your jacket Take off. Take your jacket off. Right. You can do things like that. And in fact, what Andrew was describing for a party, he went to the open collar and sport coat. That's a great look. Layers, Hi- yes. And it also, it hides some uh, midsection. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, I'll take a, first of all, a tie and a shirt, but no jacket looks really weird to me. I feel like that's, that's youth pastor territory. Um, I would. <laughs> that's roll up your sleeves and turn your chair backwards. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to rap to you about God. Uh, <laughs> I would much rather go sport coat, no tie, open top button, because, yes. you know, then you can be comfortable. And if it's really hot out, 
uh, my work uniform is usually, I mean, I wear jeans to work every day now because nobody sees me, but if people did see me, it would be collared shirt, rolled up sleeves, open collar, uh, because that's, you know, it's casual, but it's adaptable. You can make that a little bit nicer, a little bit less on you the You could fly. win the New Hampshire primary. Oh, absolutely. Look, yeah. <laughs> just, just brush my hair, uh, shake up my hair every time I give a talk and I'd be fine. Yeah. Um, but no, that's really important. And even if it's ambiguous, at least it gives you a neighborhood. Um, and in the fundraising side where I throw a lot of parties and things, you know, we argue like, what the hell is country club casual? I don't know, but you're probably not going to wear jeans. I would, I would have asked the person who invited me if I was Luke, ask the neighbors, send them a text. What are you, what is the dress code here? What are you wearing? Right. Yeah. But it, it, seersucker is a funny thing, though, because you can make that pretty casual. And he yeah, that did, looked great. That was a good and choice. And he did it right. He was wearing like a white button down and no tie, open mm-hmm. collar. Perfect. Yeah, perfect garden party. The suit. number of times I've had a tie in my pocket, you know, adaptability mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. for women, that's the sweater, right? The sweater over or the shawl. Or a shawl or something. Yeah. yeah. So always have a dress code, please. Speaking yes. of, still have no idea what I'm wearing. Well, I'm just wearing a suit next weekend, which... This is a thing with Seattle. I went to a fancy concert last summer in Seattle and I wore a sport coat and nice pants and I was about three steps overdressed from everyone else in the room. Christy keeps saying you can wear whatever you want. Well, I want to wear Tevas and socks. I'm going to wear my uh, SpongeBob pajamas. I like it. That's interesting. We'll test out the title of this uh, Friday episode. If See if someone will always be wearing Wearing Tevas. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm guessing someone from Jeremy's family is going to be wearing teeth. This will be my first visit to the Pacific Northwest, so I'm going to be on the lookout for a lot of North Face. I know it's probably too warm for for the jackets, but I, I hear about the fleece and the Birkenstocks. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, actually, flannel pants, then you can also wear the North Face top and you get both in. Comfy. Yeah. All right. Our top story on Friday, a reporter is playing Pokemon at a State Department briefing which to me sounds like the best time to play pokemon that guy was boring it was boring cameras are rolling you'll get the tape later i'm sure he had his digital recorder going in his pocket or whatever (laughs) right i played a lot of uh, pokemon when my nephew emerson was here for um the last five days and once you've played it's obvious who's playing yeah it's very clear what's going on that's how there's teens loitering in the back of my house because there's a monument behind it yep they're getting themselves uh, some pokeballs and i don't call the cops because i'm like oh they're just they're hunting right right we talk about that in our neighborhood association too like people say if someone looks like they're taking a picture of your house they're not there's you know you got a a squee or something in front of your house right. trying to capture. <laughs> right. god don't you remember the good old days when teens were just loitering to do drugs and have sex i know oh. yeah, it's just good clean digital fun <laughs> yeah um Luke tells his five-suit story again. I think we've heard that one a bunch of times. Uh, Derek Erdman got caught up with a guy named Campbell and some woman named Claire on The Real World. And Luke and Andrew did a reenactment of the conversation between Derek and this dude Campbell that kept kept calling him. <laughs> and getting more and more dude bro. And Andrew, he has, he has bro hamminess in him. Yes. We've seen he it before it. in little bits and pieces. We knew it was there. Yeah. Yeah. He could do it. It's a safe way on what? Safe way on Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> safe way on Lincoln. 
That was quick thinking. Yeah, I, as that role playing was going, I was trying to think, what would I say? And I was like panicking. Well, he is a rap master. Yeah. He's, and he's a master at the phone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got and it And Lincoln over. is a real safe bet for a Chicago-based <laughs> street. Yeah. Sure. I love the blatant fucking with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Produce. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That was an amazing journey. I love that guy. I've played it before on the show, so I won't do it again. But I hired Rapmaster Maurice once to write a mm-hmm. celebratory rap for two of my friends getting married. And it's mm-hmm. one of the best gifts I've ever given. Yeah, totally so. memorable. I, I think yep. he still does that stuff if you're able to get in touch with him. I don't think he's friends with Luke or Luke doesn't follow him on Twitter or something like that. He was just, I don't well, know. But his website, just Google Derek Erdman or Rapmaster Maurice or Derek Edelman, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Derek. And you can find out his home address. Yeah, well, I think it's just, yeah, it's the address on his website. Yeah. Such yeah. a gay name, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, TV show at Andrew's house. Uh, the research was done by a listener, and it was Walk the Line, which, yeah, didn't sound great to me. No. I mean, I had nope. a lot of bad ideas, but I don't think that I would th- come up with that one. That's a thin premise. Yes. Because, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, what would that segment have consisted of? Like some bearded guy saying, yes, he can walk through my house and... and and climb out the back window. Yeah, that's really not that exciting. Nope. Yeah. You know, I don't know how that works. So, uh, let's see. I don't have anything else uh, for Friday, but I feel like um, something about the VCRs. Uh, maybe, the, uh, I forget whether it was an email or yep. something they talked about the previous day. There, People wrote in with the reasons that they still are purchasing and using VCRs. And one was nostalgia. Another was um, it's very economical way to watch like classic movies. And, you know, um, like movies cost nothing or are free. Uh, And then also people that are archiving shows and archiving information. These tapes are deteriorating so we need to hurry up and get them all watched or recorded onto some different medium yep so uh yeah archivists and then there was just that blatant hipster nostalgia factor which Mm -hmm. uh they mentioned the vcr at hattie's hat and there always being a movie on and i will say i've been to hattie's hat once while in seattle and that shelf of vhs tapes and whichever one happens to be in the VCR and on in the TV in the corner is a great instant conversation starter or something to fill the gaps of silence that make rides in your car so awkward, Mike. Shit. So, <laughs> so I mean, and it served a nice purpose there. Uh, and if it was just a regular TV on a TV channel, it might not have had the same allure. Uh, I think half the reason of having all that is to actually see the VHS tapes on the shelf. So, you know. Yeah, they did. Uh, they they did tell us. Uh, when, I don't know, I probably said this before, but when we're staging our house to sell, they said, um, you can, um, leave the books out, but pack up all your CDs before we bring people in to, to look at your house. And they said, because people will just stand there and look at your <laughs> CDs endlessly and not pay any attention to the real estate agent or the house. Uh, so, uh, call back to thrift stores. Every time we go to a thrift store, I find myself standing in front of the CDs and it's always just like all the nineties music and I'll just go through and be like, Oh yeah, they did have other singles, didn't they? Or stuff like that. Yeah. And I won't buy any of the CDs because it's 2016 and I have the internet. (laughs) Right. But it reminds me to go listen to that random band. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't have anything else for Friday. Anyone else have any notes for the week that they we did not get to? Nope. Just wire management. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good reason not to get a VCR, I suppose. Yeah. Just one And more I wire. too spend a great deal of time dealing with wire management and remotes. Yeah. We have a universal remote now and Duff loves it and I kind of hate it. So it's a struggle. Uh, can you whisper to it? Do you whisper things to it? No, we don't. The only one that we can talk to is our Apple TV oh, yeah. remote. And the universal one takes care of that. And you can't talk to the universal. I don't want to talk to it. I don't care. Um, but I can control it with my phone, which is nice. So if I can't find the remote, I can just pull up the app. <laughs> Sounds like a great Hallmark way to... Hallmark Channel. Hallmark <laughs> Channel. I probably could tell Siri to do it. Uh, one of the guys on Stack of Dimes just, like went crazy on this and got an Ikea cabinet and mounted it to a wall behind the wall where their TV is and ran everything in and out and put face plates behind the TV. And they did a whole special episode of just mm. conversation about this. So yeah. that only people who wanted to hear it could listen to it. Mm. Uh, it's a short episode. It's in the stack of dimes feed. And I listened to it because I just found it fascinating the amount of effort I they should put try into to, it. I should take a picture of the back of our downstairs TV because it's mounted on the wall now and there are no wires coming out of it and there are no devices around it. And this was quite a feat. So we had to get a, a rack installed upstairs that controls everything. Um, and then there are a couple of components that had to be stuck to the back of the TV. So they did Velcro. They like Velcroed the Apple TV and they Velcroed a couple other things to the back of it and then tried to get it as flush to the wall as possible. And that was quite a prog- uh, process because I remember the construction around all that. Yes, that is what started all of this <laughs> whole redo of the wall. Uh, oh, and Music for Your Weekend happened, and it's in the newsletter. Or it will be oh, in the yeah. newsletter. Yeah. yeah, Music for Your Weekend. Uh, forgive me. For <laughs> We've got some <laughs> housekeeping. First, a thank you to listener JoJo in Tokyo, who donated us um, uh, uh, a significant amount of yen. A not he insignificant is, amount of yen. He's very generous. Yes. Thank you. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. Um, uh, On the heels of another recent donation, uh, which was mentioned on the Friday show, we we don't go out of our way to really plug it. But in addition to stickers, which you can get at our website, littleredbandwagon.com, there is also the capacity to simply support what we do, and we appreciate it very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, A note from Christy about the archives. She has a dream, and her dream is that the archive be current, Completely caught up and done with all the past episodes by September 1st. So if you're archiving, but you're on a break or you're archiving very slowly or you'd like to archive, uh, catch up and or let us know. Uh, and that can be your wedding gift to her, which is to help us get this thing yes. caught up by September 1st. A big uh, step was taken this week when my week was uh, <laughs> repoed. <laughs> yes. So somebody will finally do it. Uh, and with that, we're online at littleredbandwagon.com. We're on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon and on the Stens page. On Twitter, we're at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And uh, I have no idea what's coming up on the next episode of Nerd Out Loud, but if you haven't heard the last one yet, uh, friend of the show Kelly Folkers was on Nerd Out Loud talking about how we're all going to die of Zika. No, mm-hmm. no, I listened to it. We're not all going to die. <laughs> just most of us. Right. Uh, so uh, get some bug spray, people, especially if you're going somewhere Zika-friendly. Uh, if you want to have babies, get yourself some bug spray. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, and with that, uh, Meredith, do you want to be Christy? Until next time, this is the next party. We really love you, Jay. Nailed it. Hey there, typical American dummies. This is Gerald Burndy, president and founder of Burndy's Fine Dining Restaurants. I started this enterprise because I grew tired of the lack of quality restaurants, such as Chili's, Applebee's, and Ruby Tuesday. These places are great, but few and far between, and I yearned for something even more true to my soul. Something even more bland and tasteless to satisfy the appetites of a man who has the mental capacity of a kindergartner. Interested? Well, blaze on over to Burndy's today for this week's specials. For starters, you've got to try our chicken tenders. We start with Tyson chicken strips fresh from the frozen foods aisle and throw them in the hottest oil possible. We let them sizzle and fry to perfection for three hours. Fry them with our famous singed dipping sauces. Then, incinerate your appetite with one of two exciting new entrees. First up, you've got to try our pan-seared, smoked, baked, blackened, slow-roasted, and then pan-seared again catfish. Or if you're in the mood for something more hearty, you'll love our new baked Nebraska. It's like a baked Alaska, except we serve up a four-pound mound of ground elk meat and delicately char it with a blowtorch to perfection. The resulting tennis ball-sized piece of meat is utterly delightful and classifies as a handheld weapon in 36 states. Finally, for dessert, we've always got our famous Bon Bonfire. It's a mound of store-bought bonbons, delicately coated in gasoline, and set ablaze. F, the only pink meat you like. Please allow our expert staff of chefs and convicted arsonists to craft your dream meal today. And remember... Don't just buck the trends! Burn them to the ground! Because of the temperatures we have to achieve to make our quality cuisine, it's quite likely your local Burndies will have burnt down by the time you hear this commercial. The Surgeon General warns eating excessive amounts of charred food can lead to carbon poisoning. Please visit Burndies responsibly. Like your food as bland as you are. It has to be Burndies.